0: Welcome ladies and gentlemen this is the Puzzle Piece Media Podcast. I'm your host Namaya Wilson. Thank you for tuning in, taking the time out of your day, your night, your evening, whenever you're listening. Um, if you haven't done so already uh, you, can like, you can like me on Facebook, uh, TikTok, wherever you can find me on social media, YouTube. Like, subscribe, do all those things. If you want to leave a review go ahead and do that as well and when i start getting reviews i may start reading some on the air but until then your time is greatly appreciated and hope it's entertaining and now that we got all the housekeeping and all that good stuff out of the way we're going to get into today's show i've got a uh i've actually got an old fraternity brother of mine who is uh who's recently gotten into doing some YouTube videos and and such things. So I started watching some of his videos and I reached out. Uh, but I'll let him tell you more about himself, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mike Lee. Mike, how are you doing?
1: Good, man. How are you?
0: How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Take, thank you for uh, you know taking the time to sit and talk with me. It's greatly appreciated. Looking forward to well- it.
1: Oh thanks for having me thanks for having me uh it's, it's It's fun to talk to you. It's been a long time and uh I'm really excited to catch up and and uh, be on your show so I appreciate that
0: no problem. I'm looking forward to it as well so you know if you wanna give yourself your own introduction uh who you are you know whatever background information you wanna give on yourself and then like i said we'll we'll pick it up when our paths cross.
1: Sure. Yeah, that sounds good. So yeah, I'm Mike Lee. Uh, I'm originally an East Coast kid. I'm from the DMV, as they call it. So uh, District of Columbia, as we know, Washington, DC, Virginia, and Maryland. Uh, I'm from the Virginia side, but never claimed Virginia wasn't allowed to claim Virginia by the good old boys down south. So I'm above, I'm above the uh, Manassas, as they say, (laughs) or Battle of Bull Run. Um, So that's where I grew up. And then I ended up um, getting into Uh, music and theater in high school, uh, toured in in England and performed in the Edinburgh Theater Festival with my theater group there. And that's how I got into acting. And so um, from acting, I ended up getting to audition for a bunch of schools in Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska of all places. And uh, I auditioned for about 30 schools and and heard back from 21 about visits, uh, possible scholarships, and actually turning acting into a profession. Which i didn't know existed honestly i thought i was gonna have to do like rotc back in the day okay. and like and go to like south carolina or some other school because what i didn't realize in the east coast where i was i was going to school an a was a 94 and up and not a 90 and up so my gpa was actually higher had i applied like the midwestern way of grading things um so we, we had to get a 94 to get an, an a in any class so my GPA actually would have been higher. I still regret that, not knowing that fact. <laughs> yeah. but, but anyway, uh, so yeah, I, I got 21 offers to go become an actor and study acting in school. And one of them was Evansville, Indiana, which I'd never heard of in my entire life. I was an East Coast kid, big city dude. Here's this small town. And then it turns out they had a really uh, elaborate theater program, to say the least, and a very decorated theater program. Um, and I was certain I was gonna do stage acting with some film on the side at first at a young wide-eyed open 18 year old being like, I'm gonna make it. <laughs> but uh, so I decided after a visit, they flew me out to Evansville. And, and after a visit there, I met some friends, made friends right away. Uh, and I looked at the acceptance rate for the theater program, which was like 4%. It was like nothing. They took like 15 actors a year. Um, and the greatest part was the um, theater director and I just took basketball. We didn't even talk theater. He was the only person who was like real with me and was like talking about other subjects than just acting in theater and what kind of program they had and what shows they were putting on. He was like, we also got a good basketball team We're you want in soccer? I know you played soccer back in the day and some hoops and like was really into me as a person. And I appreciate that. And then the visit sealed it. I, it was a totally different world, a small town compared to where I grew up. Um, my high school was bigger than Evansville. So that was like a, a switch and, uh, yeah, that's why I decided to go to UE. It was it was a really cool program. Met some friends right away, um, and it just kind of like worked out. So I went there and on a theater scholarship for acting. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And then uh, that's when I joined the fraternity. Our, our fraternity was SIGEP. and uh, that's where I met you. Yeah does that does that wrap it up tight enough?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty yeah pretty pretty tight pretty uh, <laughs> you know pretty uh, in depth and and you know talking and it was actually interesting listening to that because um you mentioned the fraternity that's obviously how we met and you know I look back I'm very appreciative of college my college experience yeah. even though I did not I did not come out with a degree or very many credits to begin with but <laughs> it um It was very eye-opening for me, and I think it planted a lot of seeds that would be realized later in just the experience of it. But um, one of the things why I say it was interesting is because, looking back, you're one of the people that, as a pledge, I never got your interview. Oh, really? Yeah, really, because (laughs) I think you were – correct me if I'm wrong – I think you went – you might have gone alumni like somewhere during that first year I was there, like 2003,
1: 2004 ish. Yeah, that is. Yeah. I switched to alumni,
0: um, at that time. Yeah. So like, so you were there, you were there, but you weren't, you were kind of one foot in one foot out and you were sort of, you had kind of gotten to like sort of old man status, like, yes, (laughs) you know what I mean? But (laughs) you're always around. So, a lot of that stuff you just said about, you know, the theater and the acting and all that stuff, you know, I didn't know. I always knew you were a creative person yeah because I think you, you wrote a, uh, you wrote some play that I was a part of for, I can't even remember exactly what it was for, but it was something that was going on on campus and yeah it was, I remember it was like Alice in Wonderland meets the Matrix type deal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was so yeah we used to do uh it was like a musical fundraiser and it was like a competition and i try i'm trying to remember what it was, who started that whole thing but every year i got it from uh one of the old old heads casey casperson and he handed the baton to me to start writing these so i think the first one i wrote was a say by the bell tribute <laughs> and the next one was like an mtv trl live tribute And then, for some reason, the Zetas or whoever we were partnering with that year wanted to do Alice in Wonderland really bad, and all I wanted to do was get one of our fraternity brothers, Drew, to act high as a kite, as the caterpillar. That was it. That was like the whole premise of the script was how do I work in Drew, who was hilarious, as this high as a kite, trippy, caterpillar. (laughs) Forgot about that. (laughs) That's so funny.
0: (laughs) But yeah, like I said, and so. Like I said, knew you were creative, but you know, I look back on that. I look back on that time, and it was just, it was incredibly fun to be a part of that environment. Um, yeah. And we were, you, we
1: were we were wild.
0: Yes, <laughs> we, we we were wild at times. Some of us more than others, and hence why some of us left with degrees and some of us did not. <laughs> but. Say, yeah. I, I, Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, so, so what was what was the what was it like for you in college with theater? Because yes, Evansville does have a great theater department. I went to several plays, several of their productions while I was there. What was that like for you?
1: So, a little bit of my background for choosing Evansville in the uh, in a way was I had to escape uh, because I just lost my mom to brain cancer my senior year of high school. Um, and one thing that I wanted to do was get as far away from where I was like, I grew up, right? Like I just didn't want to be there and around there. So Evansville was a great outlet for that because it was, you know, like I said, smaller than my high school. It was uh, a really concentrated program. And then I went in freshman year and we had some really sound, I mean, this is just a name drop and, and really embarrassing, but my, my best friend freshman year was Rami Malik, the. Oscar award winning actor, like, we were dealing with elite people right away. And I knew I could hang, which was great, because we all got to see each other do our monologues. The first year, Um, freshman year, you basically you do in front of all your peers, including seniors, you have to do a monologue and then sing, like, even if you're not a singer, they make you do that. So here you are, 18, 19 years old, in front of people who are about to go to Yale or people that are um, getting auditions for Broadway and people who are getting uh, call-ins for films already. And you're supposed to go and like show your shit. Uh, pardon my French. Can I cuss on this? Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah, you're totally um, good. <laughs> but, um, and it, it was nerve wracking, man. But after seeing everybody go, I knew I had the talent. I knew I could, I, I could hang with everybody. It was a grind because you were doing school, the fraternity, and then auditioning and working on, your craft. Um, and I, I wanted the fraternity cause I didn't feel connected to the theater group folks. They didn't remind me of the people that I grew up with in theater. Um, like everybody I grew up with in theater back in, in DC area were multi-talented, played sports, um, you know, just did things a little bit differently. This was very felt very much so like a conservatory where it was theater nonstop. Um, there were no other hobbies, but being obsessed with, with the theater. And I, I, that's why I went to Saget was like I needed an outlet. Um, and so that's why I did that. Um, and I ended up switching majors my junior year. Um, I sat down with the theater director. And he's like, there's something off with you right now. And I was like, I just don't have the love and passion for theater that I think I need right now. For, and he was like, well, you can make it if you just follow your you know, craft. He's like, I, and I was like, I appreciate that. He's like, no, seriously, you can make it in this business. And I was like, yeah, I just need time away from it, I think. And I think that was part of my processing my mother and losing my mother was just like, I had to get away from being center stage and getting away from that. But, um, I learned a lot from that process. I learned a lot about writing. I learned a lot about being your authentic self on stage. Um, and it it made me a tougher person too. And then, like I said, the people stuck with the program are still work. A lot of them are still working actors and, and doing quite well. So, um, it just wasn't at the time what I needed, I think.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's understandable. And I actually was actually talked about this on, on my last episode with my, uh, uh, high school basketball coach that I, I stepped away from the high school basketball team one year and, you know, I didn't have any, I didn't have any illusions of you know, going to the NBA or anything, but it was just at the time at 15, 16, whatever I was, I just wasn't having fun playing. And so it was very much a, like, if I'm not having fun, why am I doing this? Like, this is, it doesn't make any sense. So yeah, I definitely understand having to step away from something that you do love to sort of come back to it later.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's, it's one of those things where, um, it's acting as a profession is such a strenuous, uh, arduous kind of grind process. And, you know, the Rami Malek's and people like that is one in a million, man. It's like the, the actual working actor actors that I know, they they have other hobbies or other jobs consistently that they have to do because of this, uh, situation with streaming and everything. So they're on strike for a reason. Um, because they, the everyday actor is kind of gone, you know, like that character actor can't make the same living that they used to. Um, so I'm not, I mean, it's one of the things I still like, that's why I like doing YouTube, right? Because it allows me to have that creative outlet. It allows me to do all the things I like to do when it comes to creating and making content. And then still I throw in some of my acting shops, but it's more goofy stuff <laughs> than,
0: than anything too serious. Yeah, it's de- Yeah. It's definitely, creativity is definitely an outlet i do believe and you know especially even even for me like there's just times where i feel like i need to create something even if it's right. not something that you know i put out or that's done in any sort of real manner It's just the idea and the process behind it of getting energy. to me it's energy like that's right. one of the ways i look at it is being creative is a way to release energy um I remember back when i was I was doing music me and me and some buddies used to rap or whatever mm-hmm. and I remember um when my grandmother passed away um uh, day or so after that, I was just you know emotions are running high and all this stuff, and I just needed an outlet, and we got into the studio, and I don't even know if any of those songs that we did came out, but none of them were you wouldn't expect those to be the songs that I would have made at the time. Like they were not emotional or anything like they were very upbeat type songs, but it was just, I need this process to get this energy out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. I mean, when you, when you have that creative bug, you got to kind of just go for it. And you know, yesterday I posted on LinkedIn, create something today, even if it sucks. Um, because that process of creating that process of going through your brain and getting that energy out, like you say, is, um, a way to get the the juices flowing and then also getting that release. I mean, the, the, the world we live in is stressful enough, right? Like the, the stuff we deal with, with our family is stressful enough. Some part of us has to get out and say something to the world. Right. And And that's, that's what music allows for you. It sounds like for me, it's, most of the time video creation and, and editing and, and um, writing.
0: Yeah. 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 Very much so. Um, you know, I kind of got, you know, I kind of got out of music. That's kind that's how I got into podcasting to begin with was, oh, okay. was doing, doing music and in the age of the internet, trying to, you know, establish an online presence and everything that goes along with that. And I just realized mm-hmm. that at some point, people seem to be just responding more to my personality and my thoughts and opinions more so than the actual music. So, you know, I decided to pivot and see what I could do, what I could do with that and landed into podcasting. And now I'm trying to, you know, branch off into, into videos and that sort of thing. But it's, it's fun. It's a fun little hobby right now that, yeah, I think I I sort of I keep my eye on the possibility of it being a career but I'm not, you know, at a point where I can jump full steam ahead and say this is this is what I'm going to do, you know, much like you were saying with most of the like the actors that you know, they're just regular people. They're they're not the Rami Maleks. They're not the yeah. the Brad Pitts or whoever that they act and that's 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 going to make them rich and comfortable and successful from a financial aspect. We still have to, we still got to pay bills and get kids yeah. back and forth to school and all these things that don't necessarily allow that until, to, until it allows it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I totally, I could totally agree because it's funny when I, when I, after college, after we left college, I started doing stand up comedy and that was my like outlet for a while. And it was just a hobby and then I started getting the laughs that I wanted to get. And I picked up the guitar and started doing this guitar bit thing and would sing a couple songs. And I'm not a great singer, but people thought it was hilarious, the different stuff that I was singing about, um, like making fun of emo kids and talking about you know, awkward living situations with your roommates. And I, it was fun. I, it, and I met some really cool people in that situation. And then you got to keep the lights on, and you got to keep the heat going. And so me and my, my wife started having a conversation it was like you're out i was out till two in the morning and then i would go work and then i'd be out till two in the morning and then i'd go work and one something had to give right so when we relocated to santa monica i was like i can't do i can't do comedy on the side anymore i can't like perform for people i got to start keeping the lights on and paying the bills and focusing on that part of my career uh and that's how i got into learning and development and training and um booze lots of booze so um (laughs) which i guess is a throwback to evansville right? because like we we were making drinks and drinking all the beers and stuff and i finally was like oh i do have a passion for this uh i should turn this into a career
0: (laughs) yeah 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 definitely it all it all comes back (laughs) it it all comes back like i said it, it planted seeds that would be realized later um yeah 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 let's 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 talk about um Let's talk about SigEp and Greek life in yep. general, because sure. I think I came I came sort of from the opposite end of the spectrum from you. You talked about Evansville was you know a step down for you size wise that your high school was mm-hmm. bigger than Evansville. Yep. I come from the very other end of the spectrum. I my graduating class was like eighty people. I think Evansville was a a good step for me size wise. Okay and it was i i also wanted to get away just sort of get away from you know the hometown area and all that kind of thing but yeah. it was it was far enough that i was away but it was close enough that i could be you know i could get home if i needed to or somebody could get to me if they needed to it's right at about a 3 hour drive
1: okay. um
0: from from my hometown to Evansville okay. and so it was it was very eye opening to me in the sense that like you were talking about the theater department in, in particular that the theater department seemed to be most of the people there seemed to be very locked in on theater and mm-hmm. that's what they wanted to do i've i've also i've always been the kind of person that have very different interests right and, yeah and so i think that's That's one of the things that drew me to fraternity life and SIGEP especially was, one, I'm this 18-year-old kid in a new world. I'm looking to make some sort of connection and find out where I fit in, you know, going forward. But the thing about SIGEP was, and this is, it's not a knock on any of the other fraternities on campus, but when I would go to the other fraternities, it seemed, they seemed to be very... I don't want to say one dimensional, but they all seem to be very like-minded so to speak. Mm-hmm. And SIGEP seemed to be sort of a wider variety of people. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it makes perfect sense. It was one of the reasons I was attracted to, to SIGEP when I was a freshman as well, is that there was more diversity, not, not much. You're still dealing with Evansville, but more diversity in thought. And then also uh, people, um, one of my RAs was a SIGEP and he was Filipino. And I was like, what fraternity are you in? He's like, Oh, I'm in SIGEP. And then of course, we started going over to the house um, and started meeting different people. And I was like, well, this kind of reminds me of some of the people from my hometown, um, which was cool. And some of the people like I don't rock with and would never rock with, but I was like the other fraternities, like you said, it, they were either one dimensional or um, just off-putting in general. Cause it wasn't like my type of people.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily, you know. I think. I think the thing with me is, I think fit in anywhere. But oh yeah, I'm sure. I would have. I think looking back, I would have had to. I would have felt like I needed to shut part of myself off. Oh okay. Like I see that. I need to. No, no, that makes sense this is this is what I need to be to be a part of this group where I don't... Looking back, it makes sense that I wasn't looking to do that. I was looking to be just me. And... Yeah. In a fraternity of, I think, when I... Well, does that sound?
1: Uh, I think it was over 100.
0: Okay. At that time. Yeah. 125? Something like that? Might have been. It was, uh, you know, it was the largest fraternity on campus at the time. Yeah. But... That, that there would be, you know, a, a group of maybe and right. Five or six people here that may be really into this. And that may be, you know, another group that may be really so you it was very easy to be yourself because there was always there was sort of a – kind of a, your full self wherever you needed to be.
1: That's cool. I that's cool that you felt that because I was I was V P of recruitment uh, my senior year or junior year one of those years uh and i always kept trying to tell people like you'll find a room in the fraternity house and uh, on a friday night and you'll be like oh man what are you guys doing and they're like oh we're talking philosophy because blah, blah 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 and then next room you'd be like video gaming or next group would just be doing some stupid drinking game and another group would be like jamming out to some indie rock or some hip-hop like you would find people Whatever mood you're in to then express yourself, and that's what like college feels like to me. Anything at 18, not at all. But you, you, you saying you could be yourself more, I I could see that because there were certain fraternities where I felt like they were control V, yeah, control
0: control C, control C,
1: control C, control V. (laughs) Just like just copy copy, paste,
0: copy and paste,
1: copy and paste. Like here's some jeans and some fans and then like some letters, and then and then the other one was like here's a guy who's kind of like roly poly, shortcut hair. And then he's got letters. And then like, it just felt very copy and paste. Um, so that's cool that you felt that because that to me was one of the things that attracted me to sing up in the first place was just, uh, you could be yourself. Nobody was really like, people would judge, but those people you're like, you don't rock with, you don't hang out with them that much anyway, you know? Really good job of was kind of shutting off some of like the ignorance that we're just just inherent in Indiana folk. Um, so I, I do I do appreciate that we were able to like evolved as a fraternity.
0: I wasn't, I wasn't there long. I I was there for, I was at Evansville for a year and a half. And then I came back, you know, sporadically over the next couple of years. Um, I don't think I haven't been there. My freshman class since they, I went to their graduation. Like what, what would have been my graduation as well. But um, I did, you know, I heard people, you know, you talk about changing, you know, getting rid of some of that ignorance. I I heard people, you know, within the fraternity talk about things that had happened, you know, in previous years that you know, you know there had been a conscious effort to make changes, you know, shortly yep. before I'd gotten there. So I didn't I yeah. never had to see any of that, but I I knew that it ex- um part of the leadership change too.
1: The you know, the guys that were just behind me made a conscious effort to be more welcoming and um, smarter about the way they were recruiting and talking to folks. You know, just they're being open-minded, you know, is is probably the other thing that changed a little bit. Some of the old heads, like, they're, they were hard to we get people in trouble, but there's some hardcore old school fraternity stuff that was going on before before you arrived, so.
0: Yeah, but, you know.
1: Not that I was always, not that I was always <laughs> innocent. I mean, you suck you, you and then you think about it, Four years later you're like man that was stupid that was some of the dumbest stuff i've ever done in my
0: life <laughs> very much very very much so um <laughs> and um you know people you know people ask me you know about college and fraternity life and i was like you know i tell them it's one of the greatest periods of my life as far as just pure enjoyment we see stuff we've seen stuff over the over the last years you know, a few years past decade or so, I think with the rise of social media Mm -hmm. that like you were saying, a lot of those old school habits and things that were going on. I think that a lot of these kids that are coming up now, they're so used to have stuff gets recorded that obviously shouldn't have been recorded, but sometimes (laughs) it's good that it's getting exposed and now it can be cleaned up.
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, we, if we had social media, why? we would, we would, we'd have somebody on Instagram live being like, Oh, check this out. And then like the whole kid, whole whole would have been shut down that night, like the cops would have come, or the Dean would have come the next day, like they appreciate about the, the time we grew up is like, we were allowed to be 18 to 21 22 years old, we were allowed to do that. I feel like right now social media is there's so much pressure on kids. And they've been in it and ingrained in it now that they they don't know how to let it go and put it down. And get offline, to so kick us outside and be like, "Go figure it out. Be back by five o'clock." You know. Yeah. Nowadays, nowadays the cops get called even because oh, these these twelve year old kids they're uh, in the sewer again. And the way we grew up in college, like you could get away with stuff that you were that makes you a better person in the long run. Uh, whether it's getting you some grit or having those mistakes that you learn from, so that when you become a parent, you know what what you cannot do and. Um, yeah, I, I yeah I feel bad for the I feel bad for some of these kids. Where is all heck? I I'd burst That's just embarrassing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and you know, lucky for you, there's probably not very yeah, today- There's
1: one. There's one in the fraternity house. Okay, where I frost tips, and then there's another one where I'm bleach blonde. But then my hair goes back. <laughs>
0: yeah, but today that you know you would do that and post it all over Instagram or Snapchat or wherever, and yep. it Pe- it lives on for and it, it, repost it. It gets brought up in your memories every. <laughs> every year like oh, oh shows up your facebook memory oh like, god what I, was i thinking
1: I, I we used to use facebook and it would you would have to speak in like third person do you remember this like the early aughts of facebook yes it, it was set up to post and so one of my memories was like mike does mike is mike's walking in the rain and just feel in his feelings or something like that and i'm like my god it was so bad it was so bad man
0: it 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 really was the the only thing like i wish at times like there are moments that i can remember you know and then oh, yeah. and and like you were talking about the 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 fundraiser the plays and stuff like i wish yeah. i had video of that to to go oh, yeah. back and watch but
1: you know of like us waking up the campus with speakers doing steak and eggs outside <laughs> like in the front and having like a keg roll up you know like people in bath roads looking like lebowski like that just that image is always ingrained in my head every year different brothers doing that and then the team biking like crazy which is just the silliest uh thing that people i mean we were dominant when i was there but uh it was so much fun like what are you doing now and they're like oh i'm a software engineer or you know like one one guy was like oh i have a podcast and i'm like what's a podcast (laughs) you know like but it was cool. It was cool. They would come in and, uh, you know, holy crap, you actually went and did that. That's amazing, dude. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Th- 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 those are some videos that there's some, like we did one game. This is before your time where we played, um, you remember that board game risk?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It takes a really long time. So we did a drinking risk and the whole fraternity house signed up for this. We had a huge map of the, of the world and you would drink the amount of beer dominate and be, and so this is elaborate. This is when our GPA got tanked and why we never played the game ever again. <laughs> but, it, but I wish we had videotape of that like first couple of days of that hilarious time where like, people are like, well, I'm trying to get great Britain. I'm on beer number 12 because it was all they had in, like, I'm drinking like three beers and I'm, I'm getting the country Djibouti, right? Like I'm not participating hardcore, but there were guys who are like, I'm going to get 24 beers in today and I am going to have, you know, um, india or something and then like then i'm gonna conquer everybody and so they're just starting at eight o'clock in the morning with a pack of you know bush light and watching movies and being like i'm going to a couple of those not the full end result where people are like are puking in the shower or something but man yeah i would thinking about some of those times that we had I mean, that's one of them that i wish i had a video of
0: that's on ten. <laughs> it
1: does yeah it sounds like something mr beast would do right
0: exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> um so so let's let's talk about YouTube and yeah uh, yeah how how did that come about? What's the process behind it, and what's yeah, your what's your uh, plan with it
1: so um, how vacation wouldn't happen, and mm. um our company was acquired by another company, so I was without my previous company, Bethmo, which is an alcoholic beverage retailer for 11 years, and somebody can go Google them, because I'm probably still on an NDA right now or something. But um, they had four rounds of layoffs. And it started like, last year. And then finally, I was part of the fourth or fifth, I can't remember, department pretty much got slashed. Um, and I had never been anything like that before. Um, and and you know, when they have these big corporate tech layoffs, there's no formal goodbye shows and have a box with your stuff and get to like hug people um it's really just abrupt and super super um blunt just a blunt force object kind of thing and so at first i was like all right i'm kind of burnt out so this is kind of a blessing in disguise i've been going 12 years straight and cool party on i'll find another gig and then i was talking to a former evansville um student as well and they um where talked to me about like my resume, my, the way my LinkedIn worked, um, and he asked me, you know, some he's like, oh, I've seen you post vi- videos in the past. You've been on TV before for your company, like you've, you know, making a series or doing a process where you can show people how being unemployed, how you find a job, and I took that idea and I said oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a web series. He's like post you know, a TikTok video of you looking for a job and what's it like? And I'm, you know, and then I can share it on so on LinkedIn. And I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm going to make a web series. I'm like, like a mini TV show. <laughs> and then I reigned it about the process or the tech, technical aspects. It's all vision at first. So very vision board based. Um, and so then right. I came up. with, the, Yeah, like big ideas. I'm a creator person. So that's the way it is. It's a, I'm very much so Okay, I didn't think that far, so I started scripting things out of what I thought it would look like. And uh, I've always been somebody who appreciated short films and like short shorts. And so I used to make mini documentaries and manager kind of dramatic interpretations of what they do as as their art and their craft, which is I'm making. And so as an unemployed rolling, um, you sit on your phone and you're just like looking at jobs and trying to apply and looking at jobs and trying to apply and trying to figure out why you're not hearing back. And then I, I was like, OK, well, I'm going to turn that into the start of scripting everything. Like, it just started booming. So I have 10 episodes that I'm ready to shoot. I'm working this week on starting episode seven. We've had some family in town and some other things happening in in, in our family. So it kind of spread it out for me. My emphasis is pretty simple. Like, I'll script something out, um, think of shots in my head, try to s- script those out as well. And then it's about finding the right music. I'm very musically in tuned some kind of um groove to think about and that way it's easier for me to to edit right so um when i get to the edit that's when i get to even be more creative whether it's special effects or um creative color grading that i want to do for for a specific piece perfect place to to post those videos um you know people have been really supportive which is really nice it's not getting like thousands and thousands of views but in this world what does unless you have like a million followers i feel like uh, but for me, creatively, it's been a because I for a while was doing all the corporate stuff, right, like super boring. Um, you know, please don't use the switchblade and to cut yourself kind of stuff or like, please use proper lifting. And when you lift a box of wine, um, you know, don't say racist things to your coworker, you know, like <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so this has been really, really cool for me to get back into not only the acting piece, but just the um, that's
0: probably pretty long. Sorry. <laughs> oh no. No, I see <laughs> No, I love it. See, I I am one I'm one of those people I <laughs> like I I prefer it. Uh over like yeah, I scroll I, I scroll TikTok and the reels yeah. and all that kind of stuff, but I'm the person that will see the clip on TikTok of the podcast. It's not just the not just the highlight clip. Yeah, it's not just the highlight forty five second clip that you've chopped it up into like i want to i want to watch the whole thing so that's
1: cool that's cool because i'm trying to figure out a ways to a little highlight reel um and that got some like clicks from tiktok to the actual series on youtube um so that's good to know that there's there's still people out there like you (laughs) episodes and then thinking about it i was like well time wise it's just not gonna make sense for me to make like 15 minute episodes and then second was just short form seems to be what's what, what's hot right now so if, as long as I keep everything under four minutes is my goal um, I'll hopefully retain an audience better is what my thought process is.
0: Since I'm actually you know I'm trying to figure out and because like you I'm, I'm doing all this by myself and yep. so trying to figure out how to like I'm making long form content but I know that the typical audience wants short form content so figuring out how, ways and ideas to to chop this up into parts, but to still have the long form available, you know, as sort of my primary go-to. So it's the yeah, world is yeah. very people's attention spans have have shrunk tremendously.
1: Yeah, but there's something to say for long form because podcasts really keep are keep keeping strong. I feel like there's a certain you know huge creators like the Dak Shepherds or Joe Rogans of the world who get recently because I take long walks for my creative process. So I just feel like if I get outside and walk and walk and walk some some new idea in you know, a podcast about creativity or politics, because I'm a DC kid at heart and I still listen to political <laughs> podcasts and uh, stuff going on in the world always interests me. And it's all about how did certain movies get made? And it's like the funniest thing in the world. Um, because it, one thing it's taught me is this dude, Like why I go back to create something today even if it sucks is because so many people have made so many crappy movies so many terrible tv shows so many terrible web series like just objectively how to um this movie and never sell yourself short for what you can do as a creator right because there's you know and they got a million views you know it's the same thing with ceos like after elon musk bought twitter i never ever will think that i can't be a ceo and I would do a better job than what Elon Musk has done with Twitter. Right. Like imposter syndrome has to go out the window nowadays because um, there's, you think they are, you know? Yeah, so no. like, just create what you, create what you love. And, and like, hopefully there'll be an audience whether big or small. Like, I don't care if I get a hundred views, I, I've made something that I'm proud of that t- talks about, like, uh, I feel like it's more of a job than the job. Some people have day to day,
0: you know? Yeah, it can be, it can be because with your day-to-day job, you generally, you, you have something to do. You have, you know, when you're, when you're not working, it's just, what, what, what am I supposed to do? You know, like even yeah. with me, like now, especially now that the kids are back and yeah. the house is going to stay pretty clean for the rest of the week because <laughs> they're not, they're here, at school. they're <laughs> not here to mess it up. So it's like, all right, I clean. It's Monday. I've got the house cleaned. What do I do on Tuesday and Wednesday? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you
1: kinda of have to give yourself like a schedule, right? Because we're used to schedules and being in that schedule. That was a tough transition for me. I mean, every like you said, every Monday I knew what was on my calendar, what projects I had to do, what my direct report is with my um my manager. And so that was like that for eleven years. And I'm like, okay, well now, especially right now, because I'm really pushing. Um, I'm like, I'm going to make two network con- connects today. I'm going to reach out to somebody about that. I don't even know. Right. And I put that on my calendar. Then it's like, oh, I'm going to schedule, you know, like I have to give myself stuff to do. And then it's like, okay, now, now let's figure out what my video is and what this shot's going to look like, or um, what props I might have to bring. So to this, today, like after this podcast, I'm scripting out a new cocktail video. So what shots do I want to get for the next cocktail video that I'm going to drop this week? So, um, yeah, man, it becomes, I mean, you probably be, probably have a full schedule, right? Like you, you're like, OK, I cleaned. Now I have to cook and prep and, you know, like other
0: things that you have to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, talking about, you know, both of what do you think? What would you say is your your favorite role? Sort of, so to speak, as far as you're coming up with the ideas, you're shooting it, you're editing it. it editing
1: editing that's cool (laughs) yeah
0: i I very much can uh what would you say is your your favorite role to play in in the creative sphere
1: uh that's a good question uh i would say directing even though i'm directing myself or my puppy (laughs) (laughs) um i like that i like that part the most three minutes short film kind of thing Mm. for work. Like I said, um, cinematography I'm okay at, I don't think I'm even close to being as good as I need to be. Um, full frame, it does 4k crop, which is a challenge. Um, and then I down-res everything to HD because no one wants to see how bad my, my skin is or, you know, the hairs on my nose or something like that. Right. So bring that down. I do the Brad Pitt thing, right? Like just down-res it so you look smoother and I look prettier on camera. Um would say directing, like, I, I really enjoy scripting things out. That'd probably be second, is writing. Uh, for a while there, I, I did, I took some um, rudimentary, like, writing classes. Like, comic book scripts, plays, and this was all just for, like, myself. Uh, Movie scripts, and I, pen to paper. But I like directing. Like, putting it all together as an artistic vision, to me, is is... A great challenge and um, release, right? Like I think at it, you have a touch in the cinematography, you have a touch in the way the actors um, perform, and then you also have. That.
0: That's cool. That's cool. Uh, yeah, that's see, and that's the. I'm sort of, I'm sort of the opposite. I I love perfor- okay. I love performing, but okay. when it gets into like the technical stuff, like I I'm I'm just like you were saying, idea like think big, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the big idea. Like I was actually, I was actually telling uh, Brittany, uh, my lady, this was talking about in Armageddon, like the people that just sit around and think this shit up. Like, <laughs> I, I just want to spit out ideas at people and, yeah. you know, a basic outline, like, Hey, here's the thing that would be funny. And then you go make it funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah, yeah. or like, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to just spew for 10 minutes uh, that okay. I think are funny and you then chop it up and make it presentable because what I gave you was just 10 minutes of fool. Yeah. It needs to be packaged properly. Like the editing yeah. and all of that, like has never been my thing. Even when I was doing music, like when I was doing music, I just want to rap. I just want to do the music. Let me, Yeah, yeah. I'm going to write the verse.
1: So, this comes
0: from uh, my um, development background
1: at, at When we work. We, we, we would call you a champion, right? It's a huge thing. And then you need to work with a creator who thinks of like every single step and who to contact and who, who's the best person to do those things. And then there's like a facilitator, who's a person who's like, we all got to get along and make sure everyone's vibing right. And then the implementer is the person who like gets it done. So the editor and you're to be like the sound engineer, right, um, the mixer. Those people, so yeah, that makes sense. There, that's how people facilitator or implementer, with dabbles in other pieces of it in their personalities, but for the most part, um, that's how people lay out. So I'm a person who now has to do it all, like like yourself. So that's why I'm starting to fall in love with certain parts of the process. So to me, directing is like, all right, everybody. Have this great performance and artistically give this expression to the audience at the end end result but I would I, I'm with you or it's where it is like I don't actually want to edit it I want to do that uh, I don't want to be the person who's cinematography because honestly I'm like mediocre at cinematography there's got to be somebody better who that's their one focus um, yeah somebody go write it Yeah, <laughs> and then I, you know you know what I mean like yeah. I can give you a rough outline but I'm not actually the, the wordsmith yeah. Um, yeah and there are people who are just like and that's what he does um, and he's written movies that got picked up. Um, I haven't seen the. I don't think they've been made yet, but they've been picked up by by studios and stuff like that. that you, you would be what we call a champion in my industry.
0: I like it. I like it.
1: You know, <laughs> <laughs> it is cool to say too because you are like yeah, I am a champion. No,
0: I am like, a champion. I am a champion. I I'm am I'm gonna get a belt. I am gonna get a belt and everything. I'm
1: the, I'm, yeah, I am the Kobe. I am the Kobe of of podcasting. Yeah, you know, like you, I am a champion. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> guy that just sits around in dreams. So
1: right, no, and cause everyone needs that person, right, you need ideation and and a lot of people aren't good at that unless it's a life who don't don't have i mean what's crazy is and this this is this crazy, you have a bunch of internal thoughts, right, like all the time, yeah inner monologue, right, yeah, yeah, there are people on this earth who do not
0: yeah we uh yeah have we've we've talked about it. Over the past few months, I think she saw something about it and it became a whole conversation
1: It is wild to me. Like that is wild to me that you can walk around on this earth and not have an inner monologue or these have creative ideas in my head that pop in, or I'm thinking about a conversation I had two, three days ago, and maybe this is like the ADHD in my brain or something, (laughs) but at all, like I can, I can stay up 24 hours just thinking, and there's people on this earth who don't even have thoughts. Outside of, and that's just like I found that out, and it blew my mind. Like I couldn't. So you sound like more like me, where it's like you have all these ideas growing nonstop because your brain is not resting.
0: hey that you're like it's wild that people are walking around without thoughts in their head. Yeah. But then I see the things that people are doing, and it's like, yeah, that makes sense that there's nothing going on up
1: there. <laughs> there's nothing up there. You're it like, makes, oh, that's why.
0: <laughs> that's why the lights are. You on. are the way you are. Nobody's home.
1: <laughs> Nobody's at <laughs> home. Nobody's <laughs> home. Nobody's home. You're like oh, that just baffles me. Like I can't get over that. Like that is when I when I read that article, I was like, man, am I high? Like this can't this have ideas and ideas. Like even in a workplace, like I would sit there and I would throw I always call it like wacky wall walkers. Do you remember that fad back in the day?
0: Oh I'm yeah. We just... myself. And they like and they yeah. just kind of
1: crawl down the wall. Yeah. That's that's like how my brain works like all the time. I'm throwing stuff against the wall and something sticks and it's like cool, let's do stuff. The unemployed series, um, like there's always, we're always thinking of something like new ways to just create or new ways to have even most basic thing. Where there's the exact opposite, you have to tell them every single detail, like peanut butter and jelly sandwich detail. You know what I mean? Like you ever do that experiment as a kid, um, and that's they don't the, actually think completely opposite all the time. You know, people be like, oh, why did this person do this? And I was like, because you didn't, you didn't tell them to do the exact peanut butter and jelly process. So they stopped at the park um kind of thing. So yeah. Tangent, Namaya, tangent, but a good
0: one. Yeah, I love tangents. I love tangents. Um, <laughs> no like, like love- But us both being champions, I think, is gonna be a good way to wrap this up.
1: Did I enlighten you with the champion thing? I think Yeah, yeah
0: you know, the- job training things and yeah been broken down into like there's there's four kinds of people in the workplace yeah, and we heard. Um
1: but yeah, that's a, that's a very good high note. That's a good high note. We are champions together. I'm older, so I can be MJ, and you could be Kobe, Floyd, whatever you what, whatever what, sport you want to go with.
0: Yeah, and that'll <laughs> and that can open up a whole another can of worms and all that. But uh, oh, every sport. <laughs> oh, we can definitely we can definitely do that. We can definitely do that. <laughs>
1: I will sound very old, <laughs> not not, not Doctor J old, but I'll I'll sound very
0: old. Not old is it. Eventually becomes classic, and then it becomes retro, which means it's back in again.
1: Yeah, I, I I totally agree. Yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm on, Jordan's
0: now at retro. So. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time, man. It's been it's been a pleasure. Uh, it's always fun to reconnect with you know reconnect with old friends. Tell the people where where they can find you, where they can look you up, and
1: yeah. Yeah, of course, well thanks again for having me Matt. This has been fun. It's been great catching up like you said. Uh, uh you can find me at I Heart Mike Lee, so spell it out, I Heart Mike Lee on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube channel. Um those are my socials. So I Heart Mike Lee. Lee. Um and then The Unemployed series is on right now to episode 6 on my YouTube channel I Heart Mike Lee.
0: Awesome, awesome. So you guys go go check that out. Go check out iHeart Mike Lee. Check out the Unemployed series. Uh, check out you know all the social medias and have a little bit of fun. And once again, thank you guys for thank you guys for taking the time to hang out and listen to the show. And once again, you can follow, like, subscribe. You follow, like, subscribe, get notifications, all that. But uh, that's all we got for you today. And we'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Until then. Yeah, we're clear. (laughs) Nice, dude. That was fun, man. Yeah, it was. It was.